It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 497 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record where I hold in-depth conversations with today's leading experts in sales, marketing, and leadership six days a week. Joining me on Accelerate today is Andy Fowler, co-founder and CTO of Nutshell CRM. Looking forward to talking with Andy because I really want to dive into what the future of CRM systems for small and mid-sized enterprises really looks like. And also talk more about the challenges of, of implementation and adoption of CRM at the small business level and how we convince entrepreneurs and sales leaders in the small businesses that there's a lot of value in implementing and using a CRM system the right way. So, Andy Fowler, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you, Andy. It's great to be here. Well, it's it's pleasure to have you. And um, I guess the first question I'll ask you is, so... In your mind, what's what's the single biggest challenge facing sales reps today? Oh boy! Well, that's a there are a whole lot of them, and and uh, you know, hang on, let me let me think about that because uh, so <laughs> frequently we hear what sales managers uh, the problems that they face. You know, we're we're a CRM company, and we yep. hear a lot of from from sales managers and the problems that they're finding, and and what they'll tell us is the the biggest problem that they face is is finding good sales reps. Um, you know, I, th- I think that that reps face a number of challenges, and I'd probably start by saying that um, dealing with technology and the the dozens of tools that are available to them is is pretty high on the list. Dealing with the tools, that's interesting. Okay, so not necessarily anything relative to dealing with the customers per se, but so yeah, I mean, certainly you hear from a lot of people that that there's a, a over proliferation, if that's not a redundant saying, of tools in the the sales stack these days i mean what are what are you guys seeing going on in that regard well i think that uh you know this has happened in, in a whole bunch of different areas in fact maybe marketing is is even worse than sales when it comes to over proliferation of tools but uh, uh even on the sales side we just see you know so many people that are are oversold and, and over promised uh, great tools that are going to add a little bit more convenience to their day and and uh, you kind of end up with a little bit of a, a house of cards and and a zillion tools that are going to tell you when someone opens your email and what phone they're on and, and all kinds of things and i think that uh they end up distracting from the actual relationship that's going on. And, you know, of course, it depends what kind of sales rep you are. If you're someone who's, you know, just hammering the phones all day, trying to get in the door, maybe uh, maybe you need those kinds of tools. Uh, but, you know, for a lot of the customers that I talk to and a lot of the sales reps that I'm familiar with, uh, you know, they're trying to build relationships and actually form a connection with people at the other end. And uh, uh, we frequently hear that they spend more time typing and tracking and emailing than they do talking and relating. Well, so that sort of brings up a, a question, which you know, I ask a lot of times with people because I talk to a lot of CEOs and founders of, of tools companies and so on is, all right, well, yeah, that's their job, making relationships, making connections, absolutely agree. So how, how, does, your, how does your tool do that, right? I mean, because people sort of look at CRM and say, yeah, yeah, CRM really command and control, right? Mm-hmm. What's, what's it do to help the rep at that, what I call the sort of the moment of truth, when they actually have that opportunity then to speak with someone, you know, speak with another human, how how's the CRM helping them at that point in time? 
Well, there's a couple of things. And, you know, at, at the heart of it, you know, the, the core promise of CRM remains what it has always been and that it becomes a place that, that tells you and, and reminds you of, of what you know about the person on the other end of the phone or the other side of the table. And so if you can, if you're diligent about it and you're taking your notes and you're using this as a as a memory device to, to remember, you know, the last conversation that you had with somebody and, and the things that, that do help you build that relationship, that's where it can be really useful. I think that where where people begin to struggle is when they put so many other things in the way there. Uh, but, you know, at uh, one of the metaphors we like to use is, a, I think it's a Steve Jobs quote, so I'm sorry, I, I know. Steve Jobs quotes are a dime a dozen, but uh, you know, I, I always love the metaphor that that he described of computers as as bicycles for the mind. Right? They're not trying to uh, replace us. They're they're a, a tool, and they're 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 helping us move faster. They're helping us get things done, but but they aren't uh, replacing us. We are still the person on the bicycle doing the the hard work, and they just make our job easier. And I think that's that's when tools uh, work well. It's when uh, we try to replace activities or, you know, when we're using a, a tool to send emails for us or to make calls for us and, and we, we kind of overindulge there, that's when I think uh, things get problematic. Well, you used sort of keywords before and, and you know, not to, not to challenge you per se, is, mm-hmm. but you talk about the promise of CRM, which, which mm-hmm. the implication is that, yeah, it still largely remains a promise. I mean, do you feel like CRMs are mm-hmm. delivering on the promise? Well, it, it depends on, on who you ask, right? The, the the promise I described there was the promise to the rep, right? That this tool is going to help you sell better. It's going to uh, fill in the blanks for you. It's going to help you remember things and not to drop the ball. But the other promise of CRM that um, maybe people more frequently buy into is that, well, this is a tool to help you, as you said, command and control your reps. And, you know, that's an easier promise to deliver. It's pretty easy to to put a tool in place that says, here, I can make sure my, my team is making their 18 calls per day and, and schedule all of their follow-ups. But uh, that kind of promise, I think, is a little bit less interesting. And, you know, if we're, we're putting on just the the, the owner, uh, our owner hat and thinking about what's best for the business, it's actually helping out the rep rather than the manager and helping helping the manager command and control and, and check in on those phone calls um, is one promise of CRM. That's not the one that I think about. I think about the one that's that's helping the rep and, and acting as that notebook, as that uh, memory keeper in, uh, in building relationships. So you guys have been out how long with your product? Uh, we launched our product in November 2010. Uh, wow. Okay. Still on the stage, actually, in a, it was the Future of Web Design Conference. We, we launched at a, a design conference rather than a sales conference, if that, if that tells you anything about <laughs> how we thought about the market at the time. So, so what are some of the, the key lessons you've learned that maybe weren't you know, obvious when you first got started or maybe weren't even obvious a year or two ago? Yeah, well, great, great question. Uh, so my background is is more of a uh, as a technologist than as a sales rep myself. I I've owned my own business before, and so I've I've done sales, but uh, I I spend more time in code than I do selling still. And uh, you know, I would say that what I've learned along the way is that. Um, you know, you really need to understand the the goal of the person using your product. And uh, uh, that's where I go back. Uh, I know I'm repeating myself a bit here, but I go back to thinking about um, who is who's using a CRM. Is it a manager who's who's trying to understand the, you know, the the activities and, and count and, and set quotas and all that? Or is it actually trying to deliver value and to increase sales? Because that's that's really what, uh, you know, as as owners of companies and as shareholders and everyone, that's what we're really driving toward. Um, 
That was a little bit of a roundabout answer on, on what I've learned, though. <laughs> you know, I learned a whole lot of other things along the way. One of the, the exciting things we learned was uh, how tightly connected CRM really needs to be. We, uh, we were the first CRM to, to really integrate heavily with Google Apps back in, in 2011. Mm-hmm. And we, we saw a great deal of value both for us and, and driving leads and, and interested people in our product at the time. And uh, we also saw a lot of value in, in how it helped out reps. And mm-hmm. uh, um, we continue to find new ways where, where we think that, you know, CRM doesn't stand alone. It has to be well connected to the other tools that you use. And so as we look at this over proliferation of tools, we, we try to figure out where CRM belongs and where it doesn't. Well, so one of the questions, I guess, is, you know, going back to your, your formative years as a company, not to you as personal, but yeah, CRM space seems awfully crowded and was in 2010. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yet that hasn't stopped a lot of people from, you know, including you and, and subsequent to that, uh, there's still new, new entrants coming in, it seems like all the time. So, mm-hmm. so what, what is there in the market that you saw that said, yeah, there's, there's an opportunity for us, you know, the hype about Salesforce, you know, having 99% of the customers notwithstanding, mm-hmm. you obviously saw an opportunity. So what, what was that opportunity that, that you saw? Yeah, well, let me. Uh, so, you know, when we founded the company in 2010, like I said, we we launched uh, November of 2010. Uh, the the three sort of places that we identified that were that were underserved were were in three specific areas. First was design. Uh, there were no products that were just well designed, intuitive, easy to use. If you recall, that was the time when the iPhone was was rocketing into popularity, and, and mm-hmm. people suddenly expected a lot more sort of consumerification of business applications. Right. Uh, you know, Salesforce at the time and even still was was ugly and kludgy and easy to use because it was a, a moderate improvement on Oracle and SAP, which are ugly and kludgy and, and terrible to use. So we we firstly and most importantly believe that design was just an undervalued part of uh, business software. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we also saw, and this this might sound a little bit geekier, but uh, you know, we uh, my, <laughs> you're my entitled. You said you're the technical guy. You can be as geeky <laughs> yeah, exactly. as you want. Well, well, fair enough. Well, the other thing that, that frustrated us about the market at the time was, you know, even Salesforce was charging for API access. And CRM is is kind of the most sensitive and um, important uh, data that your business owns. And, mm-hmm. and we felt that API access and, and making sure that customers still retained ownership of the information they put in a CRM, especially since, you know, we had all gone to the cloud by that point. But uh, making sure that ownership and accessibility of data in the product was, was there was important to us. So I think Salesforce had the time was charging, you know, still hundreds of dollars a seat if you wanted an API license. And so right. that was another uh, core piece of it. And the third was mobile. And uh, we were the first CRM to Android. We launched in 2010 on, on iOS. And uh, that remains a super important part. I think we're no longer the only company who realizes that. Uh, many companies <laughs> yeah. and, and the, probably the majority of our, our competition are aware that, that mobile is incredibly important. But in 2010, it was a, a wide open space. So who's, who's your your target market. I mean, what's, what's the ICP for you guys? Yeah, no. And, and this has been a, a really interesting exercise that we've, that we've been on probably for the last two years now, you know, when we launched, we, we pretty much just said we are the CRM for small business and mm-hmm. because we were well-designed and we, we had these other sort of value propositions that was, is, is really as far as we cared to narrow. Uh, now to your point, you know, the market is, is crowded and there's a lot of sort of a uh, lot of other players on the field for us. Uh, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier, uh, sort of 
sales reps who actually care about relationships. Um, you know, there are a lot of companies that are now inbound, very high volume of transactional leads that are coming in through a website. And, sure. uh, you know, those companies are interesting and there are CRMs that work well for them. HubSpot, of course, being one that's pretty high on the list. Um, and, uh, you know, in a way, our company kind of is one of those. We, sure, we have say. a lot of inbound leads. Yep. But uh, our ideal customer and the ones that we love to talk to, in fact, the ones that, that we know well, are the ones who, uh, you know, build a long-term relationship with their customers. They they may sell to the same customer over and over again. And, you know, in a way, these these may sound like the, the less sexy companies out there, but um, they are, are reps who are, you know, still jumping in their car and, and driving out to to get lunch with, with someone. Uh, I, I spoke with a, a customer a few weeks ago who uh, who walked me through uh, his process of, of how he looks at Google Maps and still does his sort of mm -hmm. traveling salesman problem. And, you know, those kinds of companies who have a, a long running sales process, they're outbound, they're not just sitting there collecting a bunch of leads from a form on a website. Those are really interesting to us because they have a lot of unique challenges, one of which is just managing a sales process that could be, you know, lasting six or nine or 12 months. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I was actually just talking to somebody just an hour or so ago. Uh, VP level sales within in the Bay Area at a tech company. <laughs> and I was telling him a story and he, he found, you know, hard to believe. And I, it, I sort of tell the story just to illustrate how, uh, you know, there is this bubble that the tech industry operates within, <laughs> which they <laughs> think all companies are alike. Mm -hmm. I was talking about a company I spoke to a VP at a few months ago. 100-year-old company, I think 60 sales reps, mostly in the field. Their big initiative for 2017 was to install their first CRM system. Mm -hmm. And and he found that unbelievable <laughs> and mm -hmm. to some degree, right? But and, I'm, yeah. and I was saying, well, yeah, but that's that's the world out there, right? I mean, that's you know, part of my impetus for doing this show and bringing you know, people like yourself and other CEOs and technical founders on to talk about their sales tools and so on is help expose what's going on to to the people that that aren't using those that aren't you know in the in yeah. in the know so to speak and you know take advantage of of yeah, simple tools like email tracking as you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. yeah it, it's phenomenal to, to hear that kind of story in a way sometimes you realize how the industry has flipped on its head you'll look at a you know a, a technology startup with maybe five or six employees and they've got their salesforce installation and they've got this huge stack of sales and marketing tools and you know their pre-revenue right they've got this whole thing set up and ready to go they've got their sdr and ae playbook all mapped out and then you uh, and then you talk to to customers like ours and and uh, you know they're companies that are manufacturing goods and they're they're selling to other businesses and they've uh, you know they're hundred year old companies and and they have well defined, they're terrific sales reps, they've got a process nailed down, but they just never have had the impetus or, or maybe they haven't been inside this bubble that says you need 30 tools to be able to sell. Um, <laughs> the truth is technology can't help them, uh, but uh, they, they don't think about that being the first thing that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. certainly technology can help uh, to your comment. You know, how much technology do they need? Yeah, probably not as much as, as everybody thinks they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, so one of the the conundrums, and this is you know for listeners that probably roll their eyes when I say this, but because I say it all the time, is is there is no you know proof that I've seen that's come across in terms of research or anything else saying that that this huge infusion of sales technology and marketing technology have improved productivity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's a you know it's an interesting thing, and and you know you can go to our website or, or to the website of any of our uh, competitors and and see research that has been done on on the ROI of CRM, and and there's a lot of different ways to look at it. But uh, I thir- I certainly think that there's a lot lot more uh, sort of emphasis on technology than there is on human relationships. And you know, our objective in, in, in our technology is to help with human relationships rather than to give you a, a stack of, of 300 tools that are going to you know, save you 3% of time sure. during the day. And uh, um, Well, I, yeah. love, I love that because I, I literally, right before you and I jumped on this interview, I was just giving a webinar for mm-hmm. uh, a sponsor company and and that's exactly what I was talking about. Is yeah, your process should exist solely to serve, the, to my mind, serve the purpose of making that moment of interaction between your sales rep and another person mm-hmm. higher value and more impactful. Mm-hmm. And if your sales process doesn't do that, then then it's the wrong process, right? But right. yeah, we we seem to be sacrificing to some degree. I think, at least within certain segments, <laughs> sacrificing this idea of the human relationship. In for the sake of the technology, right, and and you know all of these things, and the reason we put this these kinds of tools into place is still important. We need to measure our our sales team, and we need to make sure they're sure. doing their jobs, and we need to to get rid of the ones who aren't, and to promote the ones who are, and and that's that still is a a premise of CRM, and that's that's the reason why companies do find it and and uh, put it to good use. But uh, in my mind, that's a secondary purpose of of the product, and and the first one is to to help reps build a rapport and relationships and trust with with their customers and their potential customers. Well, okay, well, so let's dive in a nutshell a little bit. So, yeah. First question: Where's the name come from? <laughs> it's a great question. My uh, my colleague Guy came up with the name, and uh, um, you know, it is. Yeah, I, I wish I could take credit for it, but uh, <laughs> the the name was available at the time. Uh, I, I, like you, like I said earlier, I'm I'm from Ann Arbor here, and I actually remember the the time sitting on the uh, uh, the patio at Zingerman's, kind of a Zing- world oh, famous yeah. deli, Ar- yeah, world Arbor. famous yep. deli here in, in Ann been Arbor. There, been and, there. And, and yep, and Guy introduced me to this idea, and he had the name all ready to go at the time, and it may have been the name itself that sold me on on building this company, but it's a terrific <laughs> uh, way that I think represents our brand of of being down to earth about, uh, you know, it, it represents the point of CRM that it's still the place where you put things in nutshell. Um, but it's not, uh, you know, this, uh, in this sort of data science, uh, massive piece of technology that's trying to, uh, you know, control your sales process. Right. Now, interestingly, I, I, you know, completely off topic here, but, but there seems to be somebody in New Zealand with a nutshell serum as well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've encountered those uh, folks occasionally. I think it's a, a sitting on a, a file. It sits on top file, of file FileMaker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think but it's sort of this uh, Asia Pacific's yeah. largest FileMaker developer, though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've never actually spoken to anyone there, and. Uh, uh, the, the the other nutshell out there about five years ago was a uh, salon management tool called Nutshell, and uh, uh, so got yeah, it. there's nothing nothing new under the sun. All right, well, I, yeah, I like the name. You can see everything in a nutshell. I like that. Um, so again, back to your your point about you know the CRM have helping people with the human side of the business, the human to human interaction. You know the moment the moment of truth, right? When you've invested time and effort. So how mm-hmm. are you helping the reps with that? 
Well, one of the, the biggest things, like I said, is that, you know, a CRM should be the sales rep's notebook. It should be the thing that jogs your memory and, and reminds you of what you've said. And because it's, you know, more than a notebook, it can do that in, in a few other ways. So something that's important to our product is that uh, that nutshell uh, connect not only to the, the sales rep and what they're saying to a customer, but to support tools and, and, and to things along those lines. So, for instance, when I pick up the phone to talk to one of our customers today, I, I of course, open them up in nutshell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we, as most technology companies do, have our own massive suite of technology. And, <laughs> and we talk to our customers through tools like Intercom and and uh, Zendesk and right. uh, Olark. And we have a lot of different ways that we talk to our customers. So I open up Nutshell, though, because it helps me see every one of those conversations in a single timeline. We, uh, uh, we, we weren't the first to do this, but I think we've done it particularly well. We use sort of a Facebook newsfeed style interface to, to sort of sum up the history of conversations with a customer. So before I pick up the phone and talk to someone, I can see that they they spoke to Kristen about uh, a problem last week and that they uh, talked to Sarah when they first set up their account. And I can sort of see all of those conversations rolled up. So I'm not just looking at my personal notebook about a customer, but I'm seeing mm-hmm. essentially the notebook of everyone else that my team used. Interesting. Um, so when you're when you're talking to a, a potential you know, customer, SMB customer, and getting back to the story I told before about, you know, the, the, in the world at large, most companies still don't have CRM systems. Um, yeah. you know, what's, the, what's the sales process for you? I mean, there's an educational component there. I think that that is a little different than you know, a SaaS company that's selling into a tech or tech-enabled company. There's a certain understanding of, of CRM. When you're selling into sort of greenfields like that, what's, what are sort of the keys that you found? Well, it, it, you know, it's the, the same kind of thing that I think probably many of your listeners think about. It's it's building a relationship with the person at the other end of the phone. And what I love about our customer base is that uh, nearly half the time, the person we're talking to who's who's looking for a, a tool like ours is the owner of the business. And uh, they have a wealth of knowledge about what their business does and, and who their customer is and how they operate. And they are incredibly adept people at at the work that they do, whether it is, uh, you know, installing roofs or uh, building uh, the the cryogenic brake linings that they do, or selling the laboratory equipment that they do, right. um, they are they are domain experts in that. And what we get to come along and, and do is is introduce them to how software can help them with their uh, with understanding their customers and keeping track of of those relationships better. So, um, I think I've kind of danced around your question a little bit there, but. You know, when we talk to the owners of small businesses, we're we're talking to them about technology and what our product does. But the exciting part of it is learning about what they do and who their customers are. So, how does a company like that come to the understanding that they need a CRM system? I mean, they've been to your point earlier, and and certainly understand. You know, they've been operating just fine. And mm-hmm. yeah, are they? saying, look, gosh, we want to grow sales and something seems to be standing in the way or we're having a hard time keeping track. We are growing quickly and we have a hard time keeping track of everything. What What's sort of the impetus that you're finding? Yeah, you know, very frequently. And there's a few different angles. And, and you know, uh, obviously the two kinds of customers that we talk to, the two kinds of leads we talk to are, are those who are either using a competitive CRM and they're they're just fed up with it. And that happens quite a bit. Um, or there's the companies that aren't on a product. And and that's that's the majority still. They're on email and they're on spreadsheets. And uh, you know what? I, I love email and I love spreadsheets. And uh, those are great tools when you're one person. Uh, but where they, where they break down is when you go from one person to two. Uh, uh, you know, no, no CRM will, will ever beat just 
one sales rep having their own spreadsheet in front of them that's perfectly tuned to the way they operate. That's just it's it's a tool built for the job. But as soon as you need to add the second person to your team, that's where those tools begin to break down. So that's usually when an owner has sort of felt that pain for usually a couple of months and they've tried to to scale around it or to ask people to email their spreadsheets in and, and do all kinds of things when they realize that that those that those tools that work well for one person at a time don't work well when when suddenly you're all collaborating uh, around your sales. Well, for some of somebody who's listening to the show who is a either a you know sales leader at a smaller company or you know CEO entrepreneur, uh, you know what are sort of the evaluation criteria they should use for CRM because you know, there's a default position right. Let's go by Salesforce, like mm-hmm. the, the company I talked about that that. Uh, had the hundred year old company were buying Salesforce, and and my first thought was, it seemed like they were buying sort of a you know a native implementation of it, which you know it's, most people are finding value through Salesforce through you know bolt on applications through the App Exchange. So mm-hmm. um, it's like, gosh, what was the process they went through to make that decision, right? Because that that seems like that's going to be a lot of work, <laughs> um, right? <laughs> so so what are the criteria they should use in your mind when evaluating this type of investment? Yeah, you know, I think I already shared my, I stood on the soapbox earlier about this, but uh, we, we talked to so many, you know, small technology companies that have reached for Salesforce because they hear it's the one that they're going to need when they're 100 people or when they're scaling to 1,000 people, right? Uh, you know, where where we find a lot of uh, rapport is when we talk to customers who, who understand, you know, scaling the mountain that you're on and that um, it, it doesn't make sense to, to buy the tool that Hewlett Packard or that Dell uses, but uh, to to find the tool that works for your team. And I think there's this uh, sort of attraction to the, you know, the tool that Silicon Valley is using. uh, And that just doesn't work for a a small business. And uh, I think we all kind of like the idea of using the tools that, that others use, but uh, you know, I would say find the tool that just fits you like a glove. Find something that um, that solves the exact problem that you have, not the problem you expect to have 12 months from now, because you'll, you'll be, you'll know more about that problem then. Oh, interesting. So, do most of your customers do a free trial? They do. Yep we uh, we have a fourteen day free trial. Uh, most people sort of uh, evaluate and and decide very quickly in the first couple of minutes. I, I I'm I'm frequently impressed by uh, by how quickly people understand whether the the product that we've developed sort of uh, matches the unique need that they have and whether it sort of fits their team and their style of working. And you know I mentioned earlier that a lot of people come from spreadsheets. We actually took that as a design cue and we built uh, a few different parts of our product. So we have pages that if you're comfortable looking at that Excel view and that's kind of the 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 world that fit well for you, you'll feel comfortable comfortable in nutshell um, because it was designed from someone who's coming from that piece of software. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. All right, so so a couple questions about about the CRM market. So as I said before, early in the conversation, there's no mm-hmm. shortage of of companies in that space. You bet. We're now starting to see in the sales stack space in general, like in the sales development platform space and others, some consolidation taking place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you see and forecasts are happening in, in the CRM space? Oh boy. I, well, I'm I'm not much of a prognosticator, so I I I, I don't know too much about where it's going. But uh, you know what I've seen so far, I've I've been impressed. You know, we 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 watch very carefully uh, the product relate IQ. And uh, in, in my mind, they were one of our our more fierce competitors for quite some time. And, and Salesforce bought them up a few years back. And mm-hmm. um, the reason I admired that product so much is that it actually had a pretty similar thesis to to ours, and that the relationships are what mattered, and that tools can help you manage those relationships, but uh, 
that 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 spending all of your time trying to manage to quota and everything else can be a, a bit distracting. Uh, so so that was a product that that we watched closely and you know Salesforce you know, from from my understanding and from what we from what we've seen sort of gobbled that product up not just to use it uh, in the small business side but because um, enterprises could also use that same kind of technology mm-hmm. and that same approach to relationship building. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know there's you know. Our, as you said, our, our space is pretty competitive. There's a lot of folks who have staked out a position in the ground. I, I have to admire what ProsperWorks has done with Google. They uh, um, have hitched their wagon very, very closely to Google yes. Apps. And so if you are a, a a business that really lives and breathes Google Apps, I think that ProsperWorks uh, fits nicely in that ecosystem. You know, they even use the the Google material design framework and, and it's a, um, you know, it's, it's their way of, of, of trying to create a piece of technology that doesn't feel full and that just that fits you like a glove if if you are inside of that Google world, and I think that's pretty interesting. But there are a lot of businesses that don't use Google or don't think of Google as their sort of uh, uh, platform of choice. So be interested to see uh, what else there is in that area. And so, last question is: so, future of CRM in general, mm-hmm. where do you think it's going? Uh, great question. I think there's going to be a couple of angles. You know, Base has clearly, Base CRM's clearly staked out that uh, that they think the future of sales is in data science and and AI and machine learning and and all of that. And uh, uh, and even Salesforce, you know, they have they put a slightly friendlier face on it with Einstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of companies are kind of, uh, uh, I would say, drinking that Kool Aid. That, that takes me back to my rant that you know, sales is is still about building relationships and that that data can only take you so far. So what I would be looking for and be eager and and more more intimidated by when it comes to competition is 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 products that really understand um, how to understand the relationships that you're building with your customers rather than the data about your customers. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know that anyone has has well figured that out yet. And uh, actually, maybe the the most interesting piece there was uh, Microsoft's purchase of LinkedIn. And right. Uh, right. Uh, I, I don't think it's a perfect way to to understand relationships, but it's certainly the the platform where all of us are on and, and that knows about a lot of our relationships. So uh, there's um, there's surely going to be more coming out of that. Oh, yeah, there has to be. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> like, uh, if there's not, why did they do it? Yeah. yeah, we were, as you've probably seen, uh, you know, a few years back, LinkedIn used to have a, a terrific API that opened up a lot of uh, small business CRMs like ours uh, to their to their yes. network, and they shut it down. And and we and, and Sightly and Base and Capsule and all of those guys were all kind of kicked out. And uh, you know, Microsoft and Salesforce were the two that were still allowed into that walled garden. And uh, uh, hopeful for that to change still someday, but uh, we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, Andy, we're just about run out of time. So tell folks how they can find out more about uh, Nutshell and uh, contact you. Okay, great. Well, uh, no, I appreciate your time, Andy. And uh, if folks are interested in learning about Nutshell and what we're up to here, it's nutshell.com. We have a free trial there. And uh, if, if anyone is interested in talking to me directly, I'd, I'd love to talk to you. This is, uh, you know, like I said, I, I spend more time in code these days and uh, looking to, to spend less time doing that and, and more time with our customers. So you can get a hold of me at andy at nutshell.com. And I'd, I'd love to hear from your, your listeners. Great. All right. Well, Andy, thanks again. And uh, friends, thank you for spending this time with me today. Remember, come back, join me again tomorrow. Uh, Listen to another one of our great episodes, great interviews with uh, experts like Andy Fowler. Uh, Until then, appreciate it. If you get a chance, go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, or you can do this right on your phone. Uh, We want to hear what you have to say. So please help us out there. So again, thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.